Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Doc Newton, are you there? 
Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, we we can hear you. I'm not sure what what happened for a second, but um, anyways, I was just uh, introducing you to uh, to the people. So you can uh, go ahead and yeah. without you just introduce yourself for those who didn't get you last week. Yeah, I don't know what. Sorry about that interruption. I don't know if COVID can get into the cell phone lines or not. But I hope that's not the case. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. I am Terrell Newton. I'm a board certified physiologist and also an interventional pain specialist. No, I'm no. coming today I'm on the show, coming today on the show to help with Public service announcement, public service announcement and questions that might be there about the COVID-19. Okay, Doc, now your phone is breaking up a little bit. You may have to um, take it off uh, uh, speaker so we can hear you. Those on the phone lines can hear you very uh, clear. Okay. I hear, okay. I hear, I hear, I hear the feedback. Here. Okay, is that is that better? Uh, yeah, it's much better. Uh, yeah, it's much better. Thank you. Okay, okay. Yeah, it had it had your phone. Yeah, some crazy technology going on because it had your phone line up here twice. So uh, I actually, I know what I'm doing. I don't want to look like uh, Teddy Riley and the Babyface, you know. <laughs> so we are uh, actually pretty good. So we're going to get into it now. We had you on last week and. Um, I got to tell you, it's it's amazing at everything that happened since the last time uh, you and I you and I spoke, and um, we we spoke on the phone shortly after that, and it was it was some topics that I wanted to hit. But um, from from your professional since the last show that we had, um, are there any differences in things that we talked about? The week before last, that could possibly be different uh, now on this follow-up show. Well, one thing I'd like well, to one thing I'd like to update on now there's now there's almost eight hundred thousand cases, and we've just and we've just passed forty thousand total deaths. So have we? Even though we're talking about things opening up things in some areas. And we're still and being we're affected still being affected different pockets different here, across across here, here across the United States. So this curve thing that they talk about, um, have we? Are we? Let's say for the governor today said we're hitting that curve. For those who don't understand what that curve is, can you just explain from a medical standpoint what that means? So when we look at it, so graph, when we look at a graph. How many people have died from the virus? We're looking at mm-hmm. we're looking at there's a there's state a state number that state state to number drop. starts to drop. So when we talk about the curve, when we talk about the curve leveling off. That means that that means the that number of the number of deaths is not, not during that period of time. That period it, time. Is it is doubled off. And then we're looking for and then we're looking for a decline. For example, okay. if for example, if you're at a period of time where you have 300, and the curve is leveling off. 
but if the so numbers, if are, the numbers are increasing, Messages saying uh, the feedback is is bad. Hold on, let me let me adjust. I'm not sure why that yeah. is. You sound clear to me on this end. Yeah, I think it's yeah, going. Okay. I think it's going my end. Oh, do you? Okay, okay. Hmm. Not sure. Not, not sure why. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get uh, right after we did that show. It was so it was funny. We talked a little bit about uh, cannabis and things like that. And two days later, they released this report saying those who, uh, of course, there were there were no actual facts based on it. And they were saying those who do medical cannabis were at a higher risk of contracting COVID nineteen. Is this true? And if so, or not, why? Well, that really depends, well, that on, really depends on the population that you're looking at. The one thing to think the about, thing with, thing to think about with the virus being transmitted is if somebody's sharing, somebody sharing it once or sharing it from one person to another. The other thing to, the other thing look, at thing to look at is the population that you're studying already dealing with pre-existing conditions. And so those patients are definitely at higher risk from having a severe illness due to the COVID-19. Things like diabetes, high blood pressure, COPD, many of those issues tend to cause progression of the COVID-19 infection much faster when there's an underlying problem that affects the immune system. So basically, that 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 being said, the cannabinoids itself does not, as far as study shows, won't make it worse or better um, in the sense of contracting the virus itself. Correct. There's no correct. There's no evidence that the patient cannabis consumer that they're higher risk. Really about ultimately the best way to the best way to the virus to prevent prevent from getting it. Got you. So, you know, since then we've we've heard a lot um going on about the uh the the death rate of African Americans uh in bigger cities. Um they're dying at a higher rate and we can actually almost do an entire show about this by itself. Um, as far as medical disparities and things like that, I do know for a fact that there are people who have died that, I mean, they went to go get tested and they were not tested. They were told that they had, you know, asthma, bronchitis or whatever, and went home and then came back and then it was too late. Uh, what is your viewpoint on the, the medical disparity when it comes to COVID-19? I know it, it's, it's, it's a lot to be said, but... Uh, it, it, I guess in a few words, how would you explain that to the listeners? So there's a few points so of view. Point view, view the most popular viewpoint is that tendency, tendency, 
entire entire um, entire um, of chronic of chronic in African Americans because of the because of social economic social economic disparity. So that includes higher that includes higher incidence of obesity, high blood pressure, high blood pressure, diabetes. The other thing that needs to the be other thing that needs to be observed once a patient is diagnosed with COVID-19. What follow-up arrangements are made? So you don't want to so lose don't the patient to follow-up by, follow up by up not giving them clear instructions, instructions on what you're saying Right, right. So let me ask you this. Let's use uh, something as simple as, uh, or it's not simple, uh, high blood pressure. So we hear a lot about these underlying diseases and uh, COVID-19. Let's say you have high blood pressure which is something really, really big in the black community. Um, when they say people with high blood pressure are at a high risk, what are they talking about exactly? We know that you have a higher heart rate and things like that, but in the medical standpoint, how is that um, with, with COVID-19, what, what is it doing that is making it so fatal to people with high blood pressure? Hot blood pressure is a cardiovascular disease. Right. And one thing that's very unique about COVID-19 is that many patients have had a And whenever you have blood clots, you're at risk for heart attack. And so if you have hypertension, your heart is already working hard. And Having an enlarged heart can give someone much lower reserve to have a problem with their lung or clot formation. So having hypertension can already put you at lower oxygen because it can progress through the heart Got you, got you. And COVID-19 itself actually takes away. Because I, I know a lot of people, they say, well, my doctor gave me oxygen um, instead of putting them on, on the ventilator, and that seemed to work a lot better. I actually heard a pastor say that, and he did have high blood pressure. So I don't know if this is a method that a lot of physicians um, are using, but I, I do know a few are, and it seems to be working uh, pretty effective, giving people extra oxygen um, in the event that your heart is already Working, working hard, and and I don't want, I don't want to go too far off topic, but because um, we see the numbers in the black community when it comes to the, the death and uh you keep hearing you watch CNN, MSNBC, you keep seeing hearing high blood pressure, high blood pressure, and just just make a quick left turn real quick. What are some ways uh, that people can help fight high blood pressure doing? more so now than before this from their day-to-day life. Because if you have high blood pressure and you go to shop at Walmart and you can you got the virus there, uh, you're still going to fall into that category of being high risk and, and having this disease. What are some tips you can give some people that have, that have high blood pressure that say, hey, well, Doc, I still got to go to work every day? You know, whether you're dealing with you're high, dealing blood with high blood pressure, or diabetes, diabetes, having those under control, and prevent the complication. The number one complication is being heart attack and stroke. Now, when we have this disease, 
to increase risk to of increase clot formation. Risk of clot formation. That will not not only will not, increase your not risk increase your risk for levels, viral pneumonia, viral pneumonia, also, also the blood clots will get higher risk of stroke. And those are and those some are of the causes of death that we observe over the So as wow. you go throughout as your, you go throughout your day, day, thinking about what you eat, about what you eat and has a big impact on your high blood So you could lower it. So you could lower it. Fruits, vegetables, and most of diet, or you can make it work. You can make it work. Fried foods, salty foods, and things that are just generally unhealthy. Generally unhealthy. Meat, a lot of smoked meat, all those that would make high blood pressure worse. Wow, wow, that's uh, that's actually pretty scary considering um, when you pass by the restaurants now and a lot of people. You see these fried food trucks and things like that. I mean, it has lines and lines and lines of people. And I really don't think people, especially in the black uh, community, realize the uh, the effects that uh, COVID-19 has on things like high blood pressure, um, diabetes. In fact, so much so that uh, I've seen situations. Uh, I forgot the guy's name. The actor, he had to have... Um, a leg amputated because he caught COVID-19 and he began to uh, blood clot. Now, we don't know his underlying medical conditions, but um, in my mind, you know, it probably falls into a few categories of those things that uh, you you were saying. But they're they're trying to. So with all this being said, uh, I don't know if you – go ahead. Right, right. Uh-oh. Well, it looks like uh, <laughs> we, we we lost Dr. Newton. I don't know what was going on with uh, the phone, but we'll give him a few minutes to call back in. But in the meantime, I'll go ahead and uh, continue to talk. Um, most of you that have been watching the news, and remember to call in. The, uh, the number is area code 516-387-1880. Press the number one. It will actually put you on queue. Again, that number is 516 516- Three eight seven one eight eight zero, and that will put you in queue to speak. I mean, some of you guys, I want you to call in and tell me how you feel about um, us here in Jacksonville. We were national news. I mean, it was crazy. CNN, Fox, you know, they're like, hey, these crazy people down in Florida, they didn't open up the beaches. How do you guys feel about the beaches being open? How do you feel about uh, this being phase one? Our Mayor Lenny Curry here in Jacksonville saying this is phase one, and we plan on going on phase two, three, four, I think all up to five, if I'm not mistaken, and, and opening up uh, Jacksonville or the governor, um, DeSantis, the state of Florida. Uh, the governor of Georgia totally took the cake. I mean, this guy is opening up uh, bowling alleys, hair salons, uh, barbershops. And we want to hear from the small business owners. If you're a small business owner and you're like, look, this is my livelihood, I mean, as you guys can see me, the reason I have my hat on because my barber's out. He, you know, he the barber shop is closed, and I'm like, I still have to do a show, but um, you know, I don't have a haircut, so I just threw a hat on. My thing about it, are these things considered essential? And these people, you know, my barber, far as I know, this is only source of income unless he's doing something that I that I don't know about. So he can't see his clients. You know, if you are are a nail salon tech, you can't see your clients. You do here, you can't see your clients. If you, there's so many things, 
uh, we're being affected, and they're out of money. So you can't say, well, we're fine because we're going to keep getting these $10,000 grants. It's like, no, that's not happening because Ruth Chris and everybody else took up all the small business money. But we'll talk about that um, actually a, a little bit later. But, you know, I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear from the small business owners. I want to hear from the people that own restaurants. I want to hear from the bartenders. I want to hear from the servers. Um, they can't transition everybody from waiting tables to standing outside and, and delivering food and things like that. I believe uh, I believe we have uh, Dr. Dr. Newton back. Doc, are you there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. You, you sound much better. I don't know what you did, but you sound uh, better on this side. Yeah, I don't. I don't hear yeah, that. I don't hear that as much as well. Okay. Yeah, we. I was just talking about um, them opening back up everything, and um, Jacksonville was national news. Um, they opened up the beaches, and uh, the governor of Georgia, as I was saying, just really took the cake. I mean, he went as far as to open up bowling alleys. And when I when I was sitting there watching the news today, and I was like, wow, I don't know how bowling is essential, but that's neither here nor there. Um, in your professional medical opinion, are we going back too soon? Well, when you look well, at Florida, you, Florida, you break down the demographics. Down the demographics. So, look at Duval County. We had about 900 cases approaching 20 deaths. at the Miami-Dade County, almost 10,000 confirmed cases in one case. Broward County was one of the counties that we had a really large concern for because of the death rate increase, partly because of the older population. We had 4,000 cases and a little over 100 So when we're comparing Duval County being one of the largest counties in the largest area, 900 cases and 120 deaths, instead of Miami-Dade, 1,000 cases and about 200 deaths. Right, right. But when you listen so that, to someone I'm like, go ahead, I'm sorry. I would say that would provide an argument that maybe, maybe we should open up. We haven't even had a thousand cases. We have almost a million people in Duval. Right, because uh, when, you, when you heard the governor speak today, he was almost, he didn't want to come out and, straight, and say that they were lying. But he was saying that, hey, they projected 500,000 such and such and such, and we actually – we actually have more beds now um, this late in the game than we had at the beginning. We have more ICU beds available now than we had before. So, and this is statewide. And they went to South Florida because they really thought it was going to be really, really bad and started all the portable hospitals and things. And it turns out they're not even using them. So, well, what that uh, you know, is because you have these population have these areas that have not, have not been affected like New York has, like has not been affected by the population that And so and that's so what we're talking about with flattening the curve. Because we've been flattening the curve, we can gradually start opening up. If you look at Atlanta, I think they're in a very different situation. That's about 5 million people in the metropolitan area. And just a few weeks ago, the governor announced that he didn't know that there was any systematic transition. And so I think people being educated there need to focus on following the recommendations, following CDC guidelines, and not so much rely on announcements made by the public officials. Right, right. 
Now, you, now you're bringing up a very, very valid point. And here's it's something I was talking about last week. I believe the CDC says a call for sneeze can go up to uh, 13 feet. So why, why the six feet? Why, why the six feet uh, social distancing, if you can explain that? Well, we have to tell you that it is somewhat arbitrary. However, when we think about particular droplets and how that there is a, a distance that the majority of objects and persons around you would be around you So the distance is fairly arbitrary, but the respiratory droplets are unlikely to travel further than six feet. Okay. Yeah, he's, I, I was I was concerned about that. You know, you see all these studies, you see someone sneeze, you know, and you see how far it goes and circulates, and you see uh, the six feet thing, uh, and you wonder like, is it is it really uh, effective based on what the the CDC or whoever uh, that that they're saying? And you know, that was a question that I was waiting uh, to ask you as far as that concern. In your own personal opinion, um, a lot of people want to know this. Will life go back to normal? Do you see life going back to normal? And if so, what's a good time frame? If, if the medical um, field goes as planned, what do you think? Well, you have to remember, we're dealing with different areas that are so you might have some so might have isolated some areas isolated where life is essentially back to normal in areas where they're already heavily Until we have adequate treatment and studies and essentially a vaccine, life may not be back to normal for people that are used to being in highly densely populated areas. So we don't know if that could be a year or if that could be longer. Depends on the ability to have adequate studies to look at prevention measures and also have an evaluation. So, well, so I have a system is going to be individuals' experiences over the next year. So you could be from asymptomatic to having severe lung inflammation and death with this virus. The same wide balance in differences of experiences also going to occur. So we have areas that has a low rate of incidence, and then you have areas like, you know, Miami-Dade County, Dallas County that has a higher incidence. So they may have protocols in place for the next day. Is he going again? Hello? Doc, are you there? Yes. Yeah, and I think I think uh, also this is off topic. I believe that uh, the internet has been overwhelmed with everybody being off work and just being online. <laughs> I think it's just knocking everything uh, uh, whack at this time right now. Just so much, and because uh, I was I was talking to a few friends and some other physicians actually, we had a discussion on um, would life actually ever go back to normal, and. Uh, it is it is a major concern uh, when you look at different uh, pandemics and things like that. I'm not sure um, the Spanish flu in 1918. I'm not sure how long 
it took them to get through. But for a second, if we can compare the two pandemics, when you look at the Spanish flu in 1918, they had not nearly as much technology as we have today. Granted, more people, uh, there were a lot more fatalities at that time because that particular uh, influenza was so much worse than what we see today. Um, is there anything that we can learn from 1918 and it's 2020 now? I mean, from those two epidemics? The number one lesson is don't let up on social distance. That's the number one lesson. And when we talk about flattening the curve, we want to keep it flat for as long as possible. Mm. I want you to think about two businesses in the Florida area, Walmart and Publix, both of which have had injuries that caused for the virus. And they're in the process of changing their policies at their stores, where employees have to wear face Right. So you have one area that's opening up things, and you have these large chain stores seeing that we need to intervene and protect our customers by taking somewhat drastic measures. So now we have a dichotomy. One end of the spectrum we're going to open up and we're going to likely be back to normal. The other end, we have these large stores that have employees that are affected that come in contact with many people throughout the day. So we want to avoid opening up things and keep the curve level and actually let it drop before we start ending social isolation in these areas of Florida that have been affected. Okay. Well, um, I'm not going to uh, hold you too much more longer. I'm going to ask you two questions. Um, the first question is, what will be your final tips uh, before the show ends to give patience? And secondly, um, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, um, you know, if you could, if you could be the real talk Robertson's talk show uh, medical uh, expert <laughs> to continue to come on uh, the show. So we have medical questions. We'll just uh, have you on. All right. Let me answer the first question. So, knowing how the virus spreads, the best advice I can give to you is to if you prevent exposure to the virus, you prevent being infected. Right now, there's no vaccine to prevent coronavirus shown to be deadly or many patients. The other tips I would say is clean your hands, wash your hands, and sanitize them with a alcohol. Stay at home as much as possible. With regard to your second question, um, I would love to come back. I'd love to be available. As always, be your physician for specific medical advice. Feel free to call at any time to you know, hear different opinions. I can share some of my experiences, my colleagues' experiences, different things that I've encountered with the virus. Just as everybody else is doing 
you're in the medical field, you're all learning too. So we're trying to keep up with the latest in technology and the latest studies about how this devastating pandemic is affecting everyone. Well, go ahead and give them uh, give them your information where they can find your website. Um, uh, if they need painting or whatever, give that give that information out so they can know uh, where to find you. Yes, yeah, so please check us out at acuteinjuryrelease.com. You can also give us a call at our office, whether you're a new injury patient or a patient or a medical cannabis or health treatment 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 or health as always, and uh, had this been any other working way, I would have been out that way for my birthday, which is on Monday. But unfortunately, I'll be practicing uh, social distance, so uh, maybe next time. <laughs> but I appreciate you uh, coming on, man, and uh, I'll definitely uh, let's stay in touch. I'll definitely keep keep you on as this thing continues uh, to grow as long as you're available. I appreciate you. Sounds great. And Sounds I'm great. Gonna and I'm already going to wish you happy birthday party going all party going all All right. I'm going to look forward to it. <laughs> all right, all man. Right. Thank you. All right. I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. I apologize for the technical. Um, I didn't hear a lot of echoes on my side, but um, I apologize for the technical difficulties. If you could not hear, you can always find the replay on iTunes or right here on Facebook Live. If you are Facebook Live, you can also visit us at www.realtalkrobert.com for more information as we go through these different phases and open up. Um, hopefully, I pray to God that we don't have to go through this for another three or four months. I really hope that the world opens up and we continue to uh, head back to a normal life, but if not, we will just adjust. I want to thank Dr. Newton again for coming on. Um, he's an awesome doctor, and we have this ongoing joke that I have with him. I say, hey, man, you're one of the smartest guys that I know. I have a lot of physicians as friends, but he's, like, one of the smartest. Like, I, I seriously, <laughs> the guy's, like, super, super smart. I'm like, I didn't even think of that. That is crazy. I think I'm pretty smart, but this guy's, like, really, really smart. So, uh Anytime I have any kind of uh, serious medical questions, I always kind of reach out to him. And you, you heard his information. Make sure that you guys go and uh, check him out. I want to thank you guys for tuning in again. Once again, God bless you. And we will see you next Tuesday right here at 8 o'clock. Until then, we're out. Robert Sanders.